Well, ladies, I hope that you'll take advantage of this special new opportunity. Uh, Paula is Eric's wife, Pastor Eric's wife, and Mary, who you saw on the screen, excuse me, um, actually is a volunteer and uh, helps Eric and I with scheduling and calendars and uh, keeps us on our toes. And uh, these two women, um, they really love Jesus. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how God is going to work in ladies' lives. So that very first one is happening this Tuesday night um, at our Sandusky location. It's meant for all three campuses, all, all the ladies to come together and to, uh, to lean into the truth of God's word. Uh, we're going to have some worship at times, um, prayer time. And uh, so hope you'll take advantage of that, ladies. Also a reminder for any of the high schoolers in the room, tonight is last Sunday. And uh, so high school students all together from all campuses meeting uh, in the Sandusky location, um, special music presentation by um, a cool rap artist named Intellect. He's actually a neighbor of mine. And uh, what a cool guy who loves Jesus and uses his music and, and his gifts. And so high schoolers, you're not going to want to miss that. All right. Um, now, Probably one of the most important women or ladies in my life, the most, is is my wife, Lisa. And you may or may not know, uh, my wife, Lisa, is a first grade teacher. And uh, as they were approaching Valentine's Day, uh, one of her little boys, boy, he's a, he's a special little boy, Michael is. Um, this was the note that he gave gave her. Mrs. Nielsen, love the best teacher. Well, teether, teacher, yeah, you know what he was trying to say, right? And then this is the picture that he drew her to go with. Isn't that cute? Now, when she, when, when she got this picture and this little note from Michael, she didn't say, well, Michael, you spelled things wrong, and I saw that you had to erase things because you didn't get right the first time, and that does not look like a bumblebee, Michael. Of course she didn't do that. She knew his heart. She said, thank you, Michael, this is so awesome. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for giving this to me. You know, and I'm sure she posted it somewhere where other kids could see it. It's crazy how sometimes when we approach God, even in prayer, we think somehow we've got to present him a Picasso, right? Like we've got to say things just the right way. We've got to, you know, communicate with eloquence or say the right words. And yet, God is inviting us, just like a loving teacher or a parent, just bring me what you got. Just come as you are. Just give me what you can. I love how Richard Foster puts it. He says, God receives us just as we are and accepts our prayers just as they are. He goes on, he says, in the same way that a small child cannot draw a bad picture, so a child of God cannot offer a bad prayer. I don't know where you've been at in your own spiritual journey. Some of you here have been following Jesus for many years, and maybe you're just a devoted prayer warrior. Or maybe you're not even sure who God is, and you wonder, is there anything even to prayer? And what I want to encourage us with uh, this morning, in the midst of this series that we launched just last weekend, 21 Days of prayer and fasting, and I hope you're, you're, you're fasting, that you're, you're giving up something to embrace the most important thing, right? Uh, to give up food or to give up social media or to give up something in order to draw close to God and live in dependence on Him. And we're hoping that every single one of us will just simply, wherever we're at, take another step when it comes to this issue of fasting and 
prayer. And that's what we want to spend some time uh, talking about today, prayer. In, um, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, Jesus, uh, the, the disciples come to Jesus, and Jesus uh, has been noticed by them. He, he, his prayer life stood out to them so much that they come to Jesus and they say, it's, in fact, it's one of the only times that the disciples ask Jesus specifically to teach them something. I mean, he did a lot of teaching, and he would, you know, see something or observe something and hey, say, hey, guys, how about this? Let me tell you something about that. Or, and he would tell all these stories and teach the people. But here, the people, in fact, his closest friends, say, Jesus, teach us to pray. And most of us know what he taught on prayer. He said, this then is how you should pray. He said, pray our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. To, to always pray, reflecting and remembering who God is, that he's a holy God. And he said, and pray, give us this day our daily bread. He, he prayed saying, listen, it's all right for all of us to let God know what we need to bring our needs to him. He, 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 he said, hey, and pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's what we just did a moment ago as we celebrated communion. Pastor Ryan led us through that powerful psalm of David, Psalm 51, that we take time to confess, to, to ask God for his forgiveness. And Jesus ended then saying, and, and pray, deliver us from the evil one. God, we can come to God and say, help me overcome temptation in my life. So Jesus teaches them what to pray, but he doesn't stop there. And oftentimes we stop, right? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. But Jesus goes on to tell a story in Luke chapter 11 right after that that's important for us when it comes to the issue of prayer. And here it is, Luke 5, 11 verses 5 through 7. It says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. Kind of a sad story, isn't it? I mean, the guy's just looking for a little help, and yet there's some things that uh, we, we may not catch from our you know, our reading version of this, that, that we don't understand about what was really going on in that day. I mean, at first glance, I'm going, well, why did his friend show up at midnight? Well, actually, it was very common for people to travel at nighttime in that day because of the sunshine in the day. I mean, they didn't have, you know, a minivan with AC in it. <laughs> they were traveling probably long distances, and this friend uh, stops in, midway through his trip or maybe this was the end of the trip we don't know for certain but we look at it and go like 12 p.m like i'm sleeping by then right or some, some of you some of you are still gaming then some of you are texting you're talking to friends okay but back in this day like you went to bed pretty early because you got up early and bottom line you didn't have a phone to text on you 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 couldn't stay up and play the video game or or whatever it was and, and so it's not uncommon for this kind of thing to happen. And, and he couldn't let him know. It's like the friend didn't have a cell phone to text. Hey, just letting you know, I'm going to be a little later tonight when we get in from our trip. 
Now, this, this guy that, that has this friend show up at his house at midnight, it says that he goes to another friend's house to ask for some bread. I mean, if you stop at my house at midnight, I'm not cooking you a meal. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, I'm going to be like, all right, you good? Okay, I'm good. I'm going back to bed. But in that day, to be a good Jewish person, uh, you, you made a meal. Like, you showed hospitality. Like, this was a sign. And, and plus, his friend had probably been traveling for a while. And so he knows that he's hungry. He wants to provide him a meal. But evidently, he doesn't have anything left. Which, again, can't call dominoes. <laughs> in fact, most people in that day only bought food for that day. They didn't have refrigerators and freezers. It's why when Jesus taught the disciples just a few verses earlier to pray, he said, pray this way, give us this day our what? Daily bread. Because that's the only kind of bread that you had. And this guy had run out, and now somebody shows up, and he, he's wanting to show love and kindness and care. And so, yes, even at midnight, he walks across the street or wherever to another friend's house, thinking maybe they've got some bread left over, and he knocks on the door. Now, if you again, you come knocking at my door at midnight, I don't know if I'm answering, or I'm answering with a baseball bat, like, you know, like, who is out there? But this guy, is, he's concerned. He wants to provide for his friend. Now, the friend that he went to uh, responds. And how does he respond? He says, uh, he says uh, verse 7, And suppose he calls out from his bedroom back to you, Don't bother me. <laughs> You're like, I thought you were my friend. Don't bother me. Well, it is midnight. I'm sorry. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. Now, in that day, it's possible that most of the homes were probably smaller. Many of them were only one or two rooms. And oftentimes, the whole family slept in the same room, sometimes in the same exact sleeping quarters. I remember uh, just a few years ago, I got to go to India with uh, Pastor Jay, and we were visiting a, a ministry that we've partnered with that adopts villages and comes alongside of people in desperate need. And they took us to one home that um, another church had actually provided the funds for to build for this home, for this family. And uh, we met the wife, and she was just so proud, and we, she wanted to show us her home. And we went inside, and it was one bedroom, like, like one room. I mean, I, I guess it, it was the living room, it was the family room, it was the bedroom, it was the office, it was everything. And then a kitchen. And she was so proud. And what I didn't realize is that it wasn't just her house. Her husband lived there. They had three kids. And the grandma lived there too. And I remember walking out of the house and I said to the, our translator, because I noticed while we were in there, there wasn't any furniture. And I said, hey, where do they sleep? And he said, oh, right where you were standing. They just roll a little mat out. And they slept on the ground on the cement floor. And yet they were, she was so proud of their home. You would have thought they, they were millionaires, had a smile on her face. I'm just reminded of, of all that we have. 
And, and th- this, this story that Jesus is telling, he's telling it to people that would have gotten this. That this man gets interrupted in the middle of the night by his friend, and he says, I can't help you. It's, it's like he was saying, my kids are all asleep. Like, if I get up, you, I mean, you know, I mean, you ever woken a sleeping baby? Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't do, right? I mean, it's why, like, 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 when your kids are first born, you're like, I mean, like, you, you don't make any movements. I discovered later that actually what you need to do is, like, vacuum and, like, do dishes and make lots of noise, and eventually they get used to it. Um, I didn't get that in Parenting 101. Uh, but, but you know what it is to be woken up in the middle of the, of the night, and even if you can get back to sleep, if the kids are up, well, guess what? You aren't going back to sleep. So this, this man responds, this neighbor, this friend says, I'm sorry, the door's locked for the night. Everybody's in bed. I cannot help you. Now, if I'm, if I'm the guy looking for bread to serve my other friend that showed up at midnight, at this point, I'm kind of like, sorry, <laughs> and I'm moving on. But look at what Jesus says. Jesus says, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, that is, though he won't answer you or come out and give you some of his bread for friendship's sake, he says, if you keep knocking long enough. All of us have had that child that like, mommy, can I have a popsicle? Please, hey, daddy, can I please have a popsicle? Could I have a popsicle? Mom, when, when will we get to have a popsicle? Mom, like, here's a popsicle, right? I mean, you're just like, <laughs> and Jesus says, listen, even if your friend won't provide you bread, you just keep knocking. And he goes on. He says, he will get up and he will give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. This is Jesus telling a story, and he's teaching about prayer. And he only, it's interesting that that word, it's one word in the Greek, shameless persistence, it's the only time it's used in the entire New Testament. And it has this idea of, yes, shamelessness and definitely persistent, and we get that from the context and it also has the, has the idea of a boldness or an audaciousness. Like, who goes and knocks on their neighbor's door at midnight? <laughs> Somebody that has a need. Somebody that cares. Shameless persistence. And Jesus goes on. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, he says, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Those words, ask, seek, knock, they're, they're active imperatives. They're commands that Jesus gives. He's saying, listen, if, if we're going to be his follower, it's going, to be, it's going to mean praying and praying persistently, boldly, audaciously, persistently, on and on. That's why it says, keep on, keep on, keep on. And yet we treat, I, I won't speak for you, I treat sometimes prayer like, um, like a diet or workout plan. You know, oh, I want, you know, I want to lose a few pounds, and so I'm going to start eating good, like for three days, two, two and a half days, and um, I get on the scale and nothing's changed. I'm like, see, these things don't work anyway. These, these diets, these fads, these, right? And How many times do we treat prayer like that? And we just give up way too soon. 
And Jesus is trying here not to just teach us what to pray, but how to pray. Keep on keeping on. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, I know there's some people in this room, and if we are honest, we're like, well, God's never, he never answers my prayer. And some of us, it's because we, we aren't even hardly praying about it. James says, you, ask, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes I've held God to something that I have not ever really talked to him about. But some of us in the room, we have prayed. Some of us have had a loved one, and we have knocked, and we have sought, and we have asked. And it feels like there's silence from heaven. And if that's you today, I, I could say, well, you just need to keep on keeping on. You just need to trust. But I want you to know there's, there is a mysteriousness in the character of, and plan of God. There's a mysteriousness in prayer that sometimes doesn't make sense, sometimes that we don't have the answers for. And I can't give you a, a great biblical even answer for why sometimes it feels like even though you've persisted, even though you've boldly gone to God and asked, and it seems like it's something that God would even want, that he hasn't answered. Or that maybe the answer and you're afraid to even admit it, what if the answer is just no? Can God tell me no? And yet Jesus is saying, keep on keeping on. I think of Janice Tipton. She was a sweet woman at our previous church, and both her boys, Richard and Michael, they were in the youth group. And I get, got really close with Richard and Michael. And oftentimes at youth group, Richard and Michael would ask about for prayer for their dad because he didn't know Jesus yet. And Janice, when she was in women's Bible studies, she'd ask friends, please pray for Bob. He doesn't know Jesus yet. And Bob just did his own thing. And you know, for 20 years, 20 years Janice prayed for her husband to come to know Jesus. I remember the day that she called and she said, Bob has cancer, pancreatic. That's not good. And she said, we just need to pray. And I also remember the day that Pastor Mike, our senior pastor, got invited to come over to their house and one more time talk to Bob about Jesus. That for the first time in Bob's life at like 60 years old, he said, I need Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. And Bob only lived another couple months, but Bob and Jan and his boys would all say those were the best two months of their entire lives. 20 years, you guys, and we want to give up after two weeks. Jesus is saying, if, if we want to be people of prayer, it's going to take some stick-to-itness. It's going to take some bold, audacious, 
knocking on the door. And here's what I love, you guys. Jesus tells this story, and he makes this look, this friend kind of look like a jerk, like, man, hey, I'm sleeping here. I don't want to wake up the family. But he says, even if he won't do it for friendship's sake, because you keep on knocking, he's going to answer you. And here's the thing. Jesus is not a grumpy neighbor that is bothered by us, you guys. And it doesn't matter what your picture looks like or what your words, how they come out. He's just inviting us to come and to come to him and to bring it to him. So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you need. But Jesus is calling us to pray. And I love the way the writer of the book of Hebrews says it. So then, so then, since I have a great high priest, not a grumpy neighbor, a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the very Son of God, therefore let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours, he gets it. He understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings as we do, and yet he did not sin. So let us come. And let us come boldly. And let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious, giving, generous, loving God. And there we will receive mercy. And we will find grace when we need it the most. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your teaching, for the stories that you told to bring light to your truth. Forgive me for being so flip-floppy in my prayers and undevoted. Jesus, help us to obey your word no matter what we're facing, no matter how long we've prayed or how little we've prayed to keep on asking, to keep on knocking. Whatever we're facing, Lord, the needs that are represented in this room, may we bring those to you right now, Jesus. Thank you that you hear us. Thank you that you know what's on our hearts. And Jesus, now, as we lift those things up to you, may we lift them up again tomorrow and tomorrow night and Tuesday morning and Tuesday night and Wednesday morning and Wednesday night and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And Jesus, help us to find you in the midst of it all, faithfully. In Christ's name we pray, to you and for one another, amen.